become aware, remove the stigma, and get the help you need. And we need to offer help to those as we continue our mental health conversation, becoming aware of all that mental health involves, removing the stigma and the shame that goes along with it. I think sometimes we're hesitant to reveal, hey, we have issues too. Uh, Hey, I have challenges. Hey, I have wounds. And we just kind of put a straight face or we put a smile on and pretend like everything's okay. But there are offerings out there and there is hope. And that's what we want to communicate. And that's what we've been focused on uh, this month in our CFL podcast. Stay tuned. What started as a question, God, you created marriage. Can you make it work? Soon became a statement. God, you created marriage. You can make it work. Thank you for joining us on the Christian Family Life Podcast, where we get into the good, the bad, and the ugly in our marriage relationships and mind God's word to see what it has to say about it. Welcome back to the Christian Family Life Podcast. Hopefully you have listened to our first podcast on mental health. Um, And we have Kina, Scott, and Lisa Adams joining us. And they are Christian counselors in our area. And that's just a basic way. There's a lot more to what they do. Great to have you back, Lisa and Kina. We are so happy. Thank you so much for taking the time, both of you. you. Uh, Wonderful, beautiful women. And we just just enjoyed the conversation so far. And as we are going through our podcast, all four of us are sitting here writing notes. You know, I was going (laughs) to... say, Tammy, this is probably, these podcasts are probably not the ones to listen to while you're working out or on a drive or with your headphones on cleaning the house. This is when you're going to want to go find the place to sit, get pen and paper and take Mm -hmm. notes. Absolutely. Yeah. And I tell you, you know, before you get into your first question, Tammy, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I just the first one alone just got like, we're recording it, but I think I want to go back and listen to it. Right. It's been that good. And, and Keenan well, I've been Lisa. telling Gio that he has issues for a long time. And he's, he's so I think now we're good job, Lisa and Keenan. Yeah. You, you've cracked the code with Gio. Well, I tell you what, we may need to go to you because most of my trauma comes from Roland. Right. <laughs> Well, Gio, luckily we have some, we have some um, availability. (laughs) You know what I think is interesting? Like, I think a lot of people, and I say that because it's me, and so I just want to widen the net so it doesn't feel like just me. You may be listening to this podcast and thinking, oh, who do I know that could benefit from this? Who can (laughs) I share this with? You know, and you're thinking, who? and as you listen more and more, maybe the thought comes into your mind, like, this for me, <laughs> this yeah. is something I need. And don't be surprised if your first reaction is, well, no, not me. I, that's not something I need. I need to think of somebody else who, and that's exactly all the things I feel like we addressed in our last podcast is that stigma. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not me. I don't, I mm-hmm. don't, you know, and, and uh, Kina, you used the word last podcast, normalize normalize the fact that people struggle and you mm-hmm. need help. Mm-hmm. That's just very been very encouraging to me. And let's not settle for the our, our current reality that may not be what God mm-hmm. intends. Yeah. He wants to give us abundant right. life and we've we've settled for this baseline and we think this is just normal. This is just what I have to navigate. So 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 many ta- I feel like this whole podcast could be what our takeaways were. So we should yeah, probably we, dive in. Yeah. Tammy, reel us all in. <laughs> all right. Um, Kina and Lisa, you were had mentioned some of the symptoms on the end of the last podcast and um, some of the things you mentioned, uh, Kina, was isolation and some sim- well, the question was what are some of the individuals 
how can individuals be aware that there is a problem in some of the symptoms? And you mentioned isolation. You mentioned um, threatening to leave. Some of uh, that that was at, at after any kind of argument, you know, shutting down, overreacting, uh, the feeling that you're against me or um, or ruminating on 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 a on a on conflict and not not just ruminating over what did I do the right thing whatever it was it just just that 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 thought doesn't leave and pervasive fear is um some of the things we had talked about and um but let's talk also about uh codependence versus independence in marriage what does that look like we hear the word a lot I'll mm-hmm. be honest with you mm-hmm. I didn't know for years what it meant <laughs> I'd mm-hmm. heard somebody said I was codependent I don't know why they said that you know but <laughs> and they threw that word out and this was early on in marriage and I remember thinking well what I don't even know what that is so I'm not going to receive it so <laughs> but um what are some ways we can be codependent in marriage what are some ways that you know we um manifest those um Tendencies. Those beha- tendencies, behaviors, mm. yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you for that. And when I'll add before before I go into that, that when we see couples coming in, sometimes they don't know that they're codependent, mm-hmm. right? They have no idea. And so I always say that, you know, introspection is first, that each individual is responsible for managing their own emotional wellness and don't mm-hmm. even allow them to blame the other person. But it's introspective that each individual right. is responsible for managing their own Emotional wellness. So co- what does codependent look like? Mm. So one of the first indicators of a codependent relationship or codependency is trouble being alone, right? Mm. That the person has trouble being alone. Usually that kind of started even before the marriage, right? And it intensifies yeah. in the marriage that they don't want to be alone. They're clingy. They may have more of an anxious attachment. Love me, love me. Kind of thing. people don't leave mm. me. I want to be with you all the time. Um, <laughs> The second way is feeling anxious when you don't hear from the person, assuming, okay, well, they didn't, I text them, they didn't call me back, mm-hmm. right? Well, it's been two minutes, right? <laughs> in two minutes, they've gotten 10 texts, or even in two hours or three hours, when maybe I didn't hear from them, but now something has happened, something's wrong, right? So being anxious when you don't hear from the person, they're automatically assuming and internalizing maybe something wrong with them, maybe something mm-hmm. that they did or the person left them. Uh, another sign is um, it's kind of taking. It's difficult to explain how you feel about the relationship. When I ask people, well, how do you feel? Well, I don't know. I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. They have trouble putting the words into language and being able to label exactly what they're feeling because their emotions are now enmeshed with the other person. Wow. They're feeling a lot of what the other person is feeling. Mm-hmm. Another sign of codependency is feeling like you got to change the person hmm. rather than yourself. Mm. And also, too, another uh, sign of codependency is feeling like you need to save the person from themselves. Mm-hmm. Wow. So we begin to look at all of these things when people come in and to what way um, are these things manifesting in the relationship? Sometimes they don't know because they've been doing it for so long. It's been typically a pattern in so many other relationships, not just romantic relationships. It could be in friendships and familiar relationships that these signs and the codependency traits were typically already there and they're based out of some hidden fear. Hmm. Mm. Wow. there's There's a lot there. One question that comes to mind is 
as couples hear that and go, I, I can either identify with that or I feel like that's something that a behavior that my spouse exhibits. Uh, are there, is there a suggestion you would give to a couple on, on how to broach that topic? Do they just say, do you know you, you, you're codependence and that's a little crazy and you got to fix that? Or is there maybe a smoother way to go about addressing the issue? Well, I always tell couples, don't use the, um, the word you and blame you, mm-hmm. right? Got a problem. You look mm-hmm. crazy. <laughs> but then you know that you calling me too much. You, you, you. Because it's content. <laughs> I have them to completely take it out in the session. Know you, right? But That's really good. talking about how you feel. I feel mothered mm-hmm. when I receive 10 Mm-hmm. Right. And so being able to first realize that something is happening with their spouse, with their partner, and it doesn't, it doesn't have to be, be, comp, be negative the way that they bring it. They can bring it out of love, right? I know that you love me. I enjoy spending time with you. However, mm-hmm. this is how this is impacting me, right? If delivery is everything when you think that your partner or you think that your spouse may have um, some type of mental health symptoms, Delivery means a lot, and if it's blaming them, uh, like we talked about before, the stigma of mental health, they're thinking something's wrong, or they're defective, they're less likely, more likely to shut down and not want to get help. But making it okay and talking about how it's impacting the relationship and talking about what you guys can do together. Of course, the first thing is pray. We pray and we believe God for everything, mm-hmm. and we invite God into our conflict, and we invite God into into our marriage. Um, if it's impeding the relationship and causing significant distress and impairment, that's when I would suggest and encourage the person to seek professional help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. Great. Yeah, that communication piece is, is definitely huge. You know, like like um, Tina said, the delivery is, is certainly important. You know, we... And, then, um, and we address that, you know, when we do couples counseling, you know, kind of looking at making sure that folks um, can examine their communication styles, you know, and be able to be assertive. And a good big part of that is that, you know, uh, communicating using I statements for sure and being able to affirm, you know, the, the emotions of the other person. You know, a lot of times we feel like we're not um, what we're going through and each person may be going through their own stuff. Is not being acknowledged, you know, um, and so affirming kind of what each person is going through um, and looking at examination, examining how we're communicating, mm-hmm. um, what our needs are and what we are identifying as, as struggles um, is, is definitely key. So definitely agree with that. The, uh, and I wanted to add that the code dependency was already there typically before the marriage. Right. It, it mm. typically was already there before the marriage and now it's just intensified in the marriage. And a lot of times you can see it, it, it rears in childhood from being from underprotective parents or overprotective parents. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So there's family of origin stuff that a lot of times you don't unpack until you go to counseling or some, some type of therapy, which frankly, no matter how healthy, it's funny, I said this to uh, two of my adult daughters the other day. I said, man, no matter how healthy 
a family you grew up in, there are family of origin issues that that you're going to carry with you because we're sinful. We live in a Genesis 3 world. And actually, it was my daughter that just had her her second son who said, wow, that's really sobering. Mm. (laughs) So so no matter how healthy an environment I grew up in or provide for my children, they're they're still... <laughs> two under two and <laughs> wanting yeah. to do everything perfectly, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, the just to integrate what what you guys are sharing to the two becoming one resource that that our founders Don and Sally wrote fifty years ago, they they talk about a statement in Genesis where it says Adam and Eve were both naked and unashamed. After the fall in Genesis three, they've taken it now to where not only was it a physical activity, but now a spiritual and emotional activity where the most vulnerable place should be in your home, where you can, Mm -hmm. and creating that environment like you guys are sharing, where communication is open, where you're inviting the other person to share their heart, um, their hurts, their hangups. And so can you speak into that and how important that is um, in a maybe not just in a marriage union, but just in relationships in general to to just move the needle from keeping everything so closed in till there's a big blow up to where that can bring in health within a marriage or a relationship. Yes, uh, communication, like you said, is, is, is like we're saying is, is definitely key. I think that when we when we hold things or we feel like we cannot share, you know, that those things, they just worsen, you know, we could mm. just simply say that they, they fester. Um, and, and certainly, um, uh, we have different things building up there that, you know, if we think about it from a, a response where somebody has been hurt before, you know, by something that somebody said unintentionally, that hurt can build up this sense of need to protect myself from being hurt again in the future. Yeah. And when we build up those walls because of fear of rejection or anything like that, um, then we have issues with vulnerability, you know, and then once we have those issues with vulnerability, you know, I liken it to keeping ourselves behind a wall or a cage, you know, we shut that door, we shut it tight, we make sure we reinforce it every day, you know. That's right. And so there's just a continued breakdown um, there in communication between people, you know, um, between what is the intimate relationship within fam- between family members, uh, and then that lack of vulnerability, you know, impacts our intimacy and our connection. It impacts our sense of love and belonging. You know, um, because it's something that takes courage. But when you've been hurt before, even if unintentionally by our loved ones, by the people people closest to us, you know, that that tendency then to be closed off um, definitely robs us of the things that we need the most to be able to deal with life, to be Mm -hmm. able to (laughs) deal with stressors, you know, which is that sense of connection. Um, to the people that are in our lives and to be able to get that support. You know, mm-hmm. we do know that if we're able to have the courage to be our authentic selves, you know, that mm-hmm. we are, um, have a greater opportunity to have that love, that belonging, that intimacy in our lives, which is, which is so, so very important. So it's, it's, it's crucial if we can open that door and usually that means one person taking a step, being the, being brave, being courageous and saying, okay, I'm going to be vulnerable today. 
you know, utilizing what Tina has mentioned before, you know, utilizing those I statements in communication or assertive communication um, mm-hmm. where we're respectful and open and direct, you know, but appropriate in what we're saying mm-hmm. that that can open the door for such great change and improvement in the quality of our, of our connection with other people. Mm-hmm. Man, it's it, really it, good. It, it, how, mm-hmm. And let me, I want to add how heartbreaking is it to be in a Christian marriage to where you can't be vulnerable to the person you're supposed to be the most vulnerable with, mm. that you don't feel like you can share your heart, right? That they may judge you or you're, you're afraid that the person that you've married is going to reject you, right? Where, how did that start? That mm. How did that start even in the marriage mm-hmm. that the vulnerability isn't there? So it's a, it's a root before we even get to the problem. Yeah. Hmm. There's mm-hmm. something that's there that you can't be vulnerable to the person that you said I do in front of God, that the person that is going to be the most besides God, the, most, the second most valuable person in your life. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to teach people to be vulnerable again, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I was going to say, you know, when I think about, I think about this whole um, uh, vulnerability, um, I'm definitely, you know, uh, been focused on kind of studying it and looking at it and learning about it because I think of just personal experience that um, with a little bit of self-disclosure that it's not, it's not, yes, family of origin stuff can play a part, you know, Mm -hmm. but even like, you know, was saying before we get into marriage that our life experiences, things that we go through can impact us so greatly beyond what we even recognize at times, you know, mm-hmm. um, for those same reasons where we've been hurt before, we've experienced loss, uh, which was my personal experience before. Yeah. And that loss can cause us just to become in this, you know, uh, unconsciously this defense mode, you know, mm-hmm. where we just feel the need to protect ourselves from that hurt, from that pain again. And becoming closed off like that can certainly, like we're talking about, rob us i know that you said that earlier roland mm. rob us from the, the, the life more abundantly that god intends for us mm. you know and you know for myself if i had followed that that those emotional leadings mm-hmm. you know mm. to want to protect myself from feeling the level of pain um that i had experienced before i wouldn't be where i am today mm. you know but you know with counseling <laughs> with faith with the the support of the uh, you know of the body um all of those things you know can come together uh to help us to be able to you know uh not miss what god has for us mm-hmm. you know but certainly faith plays a role you know um and having that hope you know that god god is not never leaves us right mm-hmm. <laughs> that he works all things together for the good um and so and so it's just important to to recognize um, I take a stop to take a look at and examine ourselves, you know, and what we're bringing, even sometimes before we enter marriage, yeah. you know, um, to, to, to be able to kind of help us as we, as we enter into that union, mm-hmm. for sure. I love how everything continues to point back to what Scripture teaches, and, <laughs> and Scripture never teaches us to change people, mm-hmm. that it's the Holy Spirit that wants to bring transformation, 
in our own lives. And as I think about the conversation we're having, especially with this idea of bringing, uh, creating a safe space at home where we can be vulnerable, where we can be naked and unashamed, where we can be honest with, with feelings and emotions and where we even begin to expose things in our past that we've never even thought about since the day that they happened. But if we jump out of the individual, cause here's the thing, if we don't get it right at home and we don't get it right in our marriage and we don't get it right in our families, then we're not going to get it right in the church. Mm. And so what we do mm-hmm. is we we wake up and, you know, it's kind of like that song, Easy Like Sunday Morning. Tammy would always say, the person that wrote that song didn't have kids. Because <laughs> when, when you're getting ready for church on Sunday morning, it's like all everything that uh, the enemy can throw against you is going to come your way. But then, hey, you get out of the car, you smile. Hey, how's it going? Great. We're really good. <laughs> so I, I think with the few minutes we, we have left, I'd love for you to address two things. One, the, the national mental health crisis. And so I know that that jumps back to more of a broad level. But what are I mean, I know the statistics are staggering. And I think this would be good to not only motivate individuals, go, go get the help that you need, but also church leaders. Uh, you mentioned in the last podcast, uh, a wellness ministry that churches could offer goes hand in hand with what, what we are a voice for, which is marriage ministry. And so you think about those two areas of marriage and wellness, and they're not even on the radar. Mm. There, there's not even a, an empty seat at the table waiting to be filled because we're thinking about all these other ministries that need to happen. So the national mental health crisis, uh, and then what, what's really the solution? Uh, of moving forward to experience transformation uh, in our lives. Uh, yes, Roland, I think that the numbers, like if we just looked at the statistics alone, you know, I know that um, there's uh, information that can be gathered um, uh, from the National Institute on Mental Health. And when we look at the numbers, even from their 2021 um, survey, sorry, 2020 survey, you know, it's just showing us that one in five U.S. adults has a mental illness, have been diagnosed with a mental illness. That's 52.9 million, right? 52.9 million. When we think about like serious mental mental illness, 5.6%, 14.2 million. And then if you go and break that down into just the, the different diagnoses, you know, 18% anxiety disorders, 9.5% depressive disorders. Um, mm. So it, it, the numbers, the numbers, you know, kind of speak for themselves. Um, and then when we look at age of onset, that there are so many of these uh, of, of mental health disorders, um, especially when you think about anxiety disorders that pop up in childhood. And so we mm. mentioned prevention early. <laughs> you know, we mentioned mm. kind of looking at life experience and having just a general awareness that this is not, it's not something made up. It's just as mm-hmm. important as our physical health. It's mm-hmm. things that we definitely need to pay attention to, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, I just I just want to, to, to highlight that. And so we've said a couple of things over the course of time. You know, mental health awareness being on the top of the list. Mm-hmm. And that, that means just kind of being willing to share our experiences. That's you know, I, I was thinking the other time about, um, uh, you know, just folks that I've spoken to who have experienced great loss in their life, you know, mm-hmm. and my mind goes back to, you know, the, the impact that our testimony, sharing our testimony can have on the wider body. You know, I don't think that that is, you know, that that is true. It's real. It's definitely beneficial when folks hear that, hey, I've been through uh, X, Y, and Z, and I've come out on the other side. 
you know, mm-hmm. and it may not have just been with prayer, you know, and, and the support that is definitely play a huge part, but with counseling, you know, seeking medical care, you know, mm-hmm. helped to get me through. So like Kina mentioned, normalizing, yeah. you know, that it's, it's not, <laughs> we all are an experience away sometimes mm. from dealing with um, you know, that the, 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 the symptoms, the, the depth of it, um, challenge that can come from loss, that can come from trauma, that can come just from stressors, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that build up. Uh, and so just being mindful of that, that's definitely, I think that building that meant that, that awareness, normalizing, sharing, uh, encouraging that people can be open. That's good. Let me you add know? one thing that the church can do. There's 332 million Americans, 210 Christian Americans, right? Lisa just gave a statistic that one in five people have a diagnosable mental health, not just a bad day, but a mental <laughs> health diagnosis. So based on that, the church can get numbers based on this con- congregation, how many people are sitting in their sanctuary with mental illness. <sighs> so I would challenge the church to determine what is this mental health response to its mm-hmm. own members? What is the mental health plan? For each church, I would encourage the church to begin to look at that. Mm-hmm. Right, that's mm-hmm. the beginning of a of a conversation right there. Wow, mm-hmm. yeah, that's so good. Great. Yeah, it's a conversation that needs yeah. to be had, and we we think that um, just listening to you guys, you know, it just it it reinforces what we've been talking about really in the last year and a half, two years, mm-hmm. when it comes to to just marriages, but mm-hmm. so much more too that. And Lisa, you mentioned children. Um, I think that if if we as parents can, you know, pride gets in the way, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't I don't want that to be, yeah. you know, I don't my kids not that that's there's nothing wrong. But if we can let that set that aside and enrich the child early on, then those life issues that they experience are going to be cur- curtailed, mm-hmm. so that they don't experience some of the things that people that don't get help, you know, mm-hmm. the triggers and all the trauma that that they're experiencing later on. And so, you know, here, I guess the final question as we close out. So what, you know, what's the answer, you know, what's the answer? I think it'd be good to know what, what specific things can you guys individually offer uh, new phase counseling and restoration center? Um, Cause that we obviously see that as, as an answer and a solution to help mm. people move forward. We definitely are, are available. Kina mentioned that, that we do have openings. So, you know, we definitely are, <laughs> are are prepared, and you know, because that's why we that's why we started new phase, right? Mm-hmm. It's built out of uh, an awareness that you, if any of our lives is not are not impacted by trauma, um, mm-hmm. it's it's built on the fact that we know that you know we need to uh, continue the work of building mental health awareness meaning trying to, you know, be focused on uh, continued advocacy in our own way, Hmm. Um, being able to give a voice to folks who struggle with mental illness, normalize, you know, the experience. Um, uh, And and, and so we we definitely are um, uh, also want to highlight in the work that we do that space Mm-hmm. You know, uh, is not is faith and psychology can be mm-hmm. supportive and if, uh, um, bring efficacy and bring change in the lives of individuals. Um, we 
are offering um, services to individuals, to couples, premarital counseling, you know, marriage counseling. Um, We definitely uh, are are looking to um, and have the capacity to support church communities um, who want to bring some of these, uh, bring some of this conversation um, to their church members. Mm -hmm. Because not talking about it is is not healthy. No. It's not healthy. And so, you know, uh, just an awareness, an awareness of, of, of trauma and the impacts of trauma, an awareness of, of mental health, different mental health diagnosis, uh, like we're talking about today, the impact of mental health on marriage and relationships, mm-hmm. you know, being able to deal, you know, how do you support a child who is struggling with mental, with mm-hmm. mental health um, issues? Mm-hmm. You know, those are the kind of things, practical help. And of course, mm-hmm. as I said, just giving a, a open platform, open forum so that folks can hear and appreciate that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. You know, so those are, those are some of the things that we are available and definitely um, want to encourage, um, the faith community to partner with us um, in this work, in this effort um, to build awareness around mental health. The, uh, I do have one more question. Um, do you guys, would you recommend face-to-face being the most effective way? Or like for us, it, our listeners, our analytics are telling us we, we have listeners in 45 states. We have some people overseas um, several countries represented, but if somebody's in, let's say, um, Ohio, um, is there? Is, do you have a setup where they can call in and get counseling via uh, Zoom or phone call, um, or do you have, or do you recommend them to go in other places where they live and have face to face? So we're in North Carolina, and we're governed. Our license is governed by our state, and so we'll. What we recommend is resources in your state. Okay. Um, there's faith-based counseling centers in, in, in the state, and find those resources in, in your area because every clinician is licensed by the state, which mm. um, they're true. licensed by. Okay, that's, that's good so good. Well, let's keep this conversation going. We want to encourage uh, those listening uh, begin to have a conversation with the Lord, and mm-hmm. where do you stand with Him? Uh, and invite the Holy Spirit uh, into your life. Uh, we know that uh, it is with our heart that we believe and with the mouth we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us to help bring about, convict, expose things. Mm-hmm. Continue the conversation with your spouse. Uh, begin to invite and encourage vulnerability there, not with issues they have, but with maybe issues you have and invite them to speak into those things. And then beyond that, uh, seek seek the help that you need. And we, Christian Family Life would love to be a resource. And we're quick to let you know uh, that we're not going to have all the answers or be the only ones you talk to. And so we're so <laughs> thankful for Lisa and Kina from New Phase Counseling uh, to have joined, joined us on these last two podcasts. And if they're good with it, uh, we will definitely have them back again. Absolutely. So thank you oh, absolutely. so much. Thank you. Their website is newphaseccrc.com. We'll put it in the link of the uh, podcast so, so people can click on there and um, and check you guys out. But guys, thank you so much mm-hmm. for spending yes, this time you. with us. And man, just blowing our minds because we got, mm-hmm. we got a lot to talk about ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully our <laughs> listeners do too. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to the Christian Family Life Podcast. Be sure to subscribe. 
To learn more about the ministry, visit our website, christianfamilylife.com. There, you can subscribe to our newsletter and find all of our social media links where we offer resources to help strengthen your marriage. Until next time, remember, God created marriage. He can make it work.